When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. is our favorite show of the week, isn't it? It's the Friday show, even though Lori <laughs> is probably a little down from her Duluth Bulldogs. Oh, oh that was what? a drag. Sorry, let's like, not start the show with that. What happened to my well, dogs? Well, we got it. The... They, they were, were looking good. They, they were looking were. good. I thought they were going to pull it out in regular time. Then regular they went to season. overtime, and I'm thinking, hey, these guys are the kings of overtime. They went to five overtimes last week and won. Yeah. And then they looked uh, like Shake dead dogs. Yeah, yeah. And they, I, I they got outplayed for about 10 minutes, and then they lost. Yeah, but they really, they, they there were a couple of, cha- like, the, just lucky breaks on the part of the other team that the puck didn't go in because it just slid across yep. the blue crease. Missing the net by a fraction. Yeah. You know, it was fun to watch. It, but, it, and there's still a Minnesota team in the, the finals. I was hoping for a Mankato Duluth final, but instead we're getting going to get, to, gonna get uh, St. Cloud, Massachusetts. I know. When I, I said goodbye to Casey this morning or this afternoon, he says, Well, this is the most sports we've watched together. <laughs> In a lifetime. In a lifetime. In a lifetime. together. Right. Because we watched that game last night. But, um, yeah, I was struck at the UMD goalie that he is 6'4". Oh, my God. They make big goalies now. But is it just because they can hog the whole space? No, I don't know that you have an advantage being a big, tall goalie like that. Well, you can cover more space. You do. You can cover more space, but you can't, maybe you can't move around in the net like an agile, smaller goalie can. But now they are, you know, they're making, they're they're training them to be big and agile. Yeah, so, I guess, yeah. I guess. That's but what he just looked gigantic. But but uh, with because with his skates right. on, he's like six six. Jeez. Yeah, he was looked that's like a, a that's tree a, in the middle of the goalie. That's the, a big body. Yeah, it is. Anyway, but, that's uh, yeah. yeah. That was that was too bad. I guess I'm not going to be watching a hockey game with my dad on Saturday. Oh. Mm-hmm. I thought we'd be watching a game together. Well, you can watch, you know, St. Cloud well, we State will. is still in it. We it's will. a Minnesota team. But, but you know. Like, right. It's not as fun. I get it. Not as, not I get as much it. fun. Um, sad news about, well, we have two. We're going to talk about Prince Philip, of course, uh, in depth. But talking about DMX, that they must have made the decision to take yeah. him off a of life support. It sounded he, like they knew that. Yeah, he had a heart attack, an overdose, prolonged time on life support. He was only 50 years old. He was... He went without oxygen for like a half an hour. Yeah, and he was a rapper who inspired so many people, and he was just much too young. And according to his Wikipedia, he yes. had, I forgot that he was in movies. He was in Romeo Must Die, Last Hour. 
uh, Exit Wounds, and he had a reality television show that I did not watch, but it was 2006, and it was called DMX, Soul of a Man, and it was on BET. And then he wrote a memoir in 2003 called uh, Earl, the Autobiography of DMX. Now, I think... His estate fight is going to be spectacular because oh, tell he me. has 15 children. Yowzers. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. And uh, so, you know, I think uh, Def Jam wow. put out a statement and they also dropped. Now, they're saying this was always planning. They were always planning on dropping. And this right. is when new music, but a new DMX song dropped today called X Moves. Hmm. Well, you well, Lori, here's, his, here's a song that we've all we've all probably all danced to. Yes, well, pretty up most of us. Oh, yeah, I can yeah. picture you at the Wild nope. Onion. Not going out these years because Lori played this for me in the double like, at the Woodbury you, Bonfire. No, you were just getting this crazy. is no, this is in early 2000, right? It's like 2000. It came. I out. did not go out. <laughs> Julia, I had five and four it, year olds. I did not go out for so long. Number 56 on VH1's greatest songs of all time. Well, I don't know I missed how this. you could not know that. Song. I, I missed this. All right. Well, some of them, you know. There's a lot of Barbara Streisand songs that you can't even think of that I know. No, That's this true. was just during a period in my life where I literally, I was just so but, in the mom. But thing. like you didn't hear it on the radio. No. I mean, you we, didn't go to one party, one club. Didn't we do anything that involved going out to listen to music? Like, not, in, like in a club, not, we had to be going to Vegas. I think you just don't remember putting your I arms remember up in the air jump, going up jump, in here. Jump, You know, if that was around the same song. Yeah. Jump. What's his uh, jump? Crisscross? Yeah, Chris Cross, I know that yeah. song. Yeah, yeah oh. that was about 90, 91, something yeah. like that. Oh, so 10 years earlier. Right, right. <laughs> That's probably when you were partying. I was. Yeah. I was so in mom's zone in these years. I just don't remember it all, Lori. And I, then I was into Garth Brooks at this period of time, I yeah. think, because I feel like there was a I just, cabin. Involved. I don't know how that that song was everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, it know. was the Is song. Is that something? It was, I'm sure, the you know one of the songs. Songs of the did, Summer or something? Yes, yeah, I just it was don't. a huge song. All right, well, we woke up the news from, news from Buckingham Palace that Prince Philip... The Duke of Edinburgh has passed away at the age of 99. Yes. Maybe we can just throw it. I know this is right away this morning. Yeah. On Good Morning America. It was the breaking news story. And apparently across the pond, you know, the different uh, news people broke into their programming and newscasters were taking off their jewelry and oh. crying and oh. very, people, very, very, very upsetting. Moved. But this is uh, Maggie Ruley reporting for uh, GMA. Just behind me, that flag was lowered to half-staff just moments ago. The palace releasing that statement with their deep sorrow. And George standing here, it really does. It feels like the end of an era here in Britain, around the Commonwealth and the country. After decades with the Queen uh, standing by her side, the two of them together shaping what the country and the Commonwealth would look like today. The palace, as you just read, confirmed again moments ago that Philip passed away. He's 99, just two months shy of his 100th birthday. Now, we did learn he was able to spend his... His final days at home in Windsor Castle with the Queen by his side. That's where he's been for about the last three weeks or so after being released from the hospital where he was staying for a month undergoing a heart procedure as well as other medical care. Uh, now, again, the country is mourning, asking what we are going to do next. You know, normally a norm, uh, royal funeral would be something that's commemorated widely throughout the country, throughout the UK. But this one, George, it's going to look a little bit different. We're still waiting for details, but, you know, due to coronavirus restrictions, the country here in the UK 
is still under a strict lockdown, things will definitely look a little smaller. But George, certainly, whatever the size of these celebrations of his life, Prince Philip will be remembered. The legacy will be remembered because, wow, George, what a life he led. 99 years, and all of them were full. More than 2,000 solo engagements, 20,000 solo engagements, more than 2,000 visits in the U.K. and overseas. I mean, wow. he packed so much life into his 99 years, shaping what the U.K. would look like today, shaping again what the Commonwealth would look like today. So a legacy that will be remembered. And of course, also looking to the Queen during this time, they were side by side together as they led this country. And George, I think of her right now because this is the first time today in this moment that she is going to be leading the country without her partner by her side. So, I mean, they, they were, you, were married 70 years, 73 years. Mm-hmm. And he was when he was born, he was a double royal. Mm-hmm. He was born Prince Philippos of Greece and Denmark of the House of Schleswig, Holstein, Soderberg, Glücksburg. Very and good. At, very good pronunciation. And at birth, he was in line to both thrones. And after some serious political messiness in yeah. Greece... Prince Philip and his family were exiled from the country. Philip was 18 years old. He was put in an orange crate because they were worried that they would want to harm him because mm-hmm. he was direct to descendant. Be, yes, well, he was to he was going to be the next king of Greece, right? And um, so anyway, uh, 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 so at the age of 18, he joined the British Royal Navy and he met Queen Elizabeth, who he called Lilibet. When she was 13 and he was 18, mm-hmm. and they were pen pals. And we learned about this in the Rose Code a little bit more intimately because the woman he was dating yes. at the time was a coder. Was a coder and found out that he, you know, had an interest. Well, but Didn't that was she a little bit the towards the end, end of their of the, relationship. It was like the three work. years. He was mm-hmm. Philip was now like twenty one, right. so they had been dating when they mm-hmm. could fit it in. Because remember, along the war went on. For she Britain. was smitten. She was. He was the love of her life. Yes, he called her Lilibet, and he did get his last wish to die at home. Yes, which um, uh, the Queen famously considers Windsor Castle her home and Buckingham Palace her office. But they both love Sandringham, and um, he spent the last few years at this place called Wood Farm. So we do have some details on the funeral is going to be a week from Saturday. Yeah. I'll tell you why he and Elizabeth love Wood Farm. We see Wood Farm in The Crown season four, okay. and um, we had listened to some audio of Barbara Walters interviewing Prince Philip, his last interview, because he's he was just too frank. Yeah. It was 1969, but the people who've played Prince Philip, Matt Smith, Tobias Menzies, they really... They yeah. nailed his accent. Rocco, we were going to play just so you could hear how much they talk like him. It's yeah. amazing. Amazing. Yeah. All right, listen, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's Friday. We are thinking about Queen Elizabeth. I hope she is taking comfort in her corgi and having philip be at home i guess he did not want to die at the hospital he has been in you know failing been, health yeah and he wanted to die at home so i and i hope she's got a nip of gin too to well you uh, know how she her. likes it four drinks a day but um yeah he wanted to i guess like the last five years he's basically lived exclusively at wood farm because I think he retired like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a five-bedroom. It's called Wood Farm. It's a five-bedroom 
house on the Sandringham estate and it overlooks the sea. How lovely. And I believe in season four of The Crown, we see Philip retreat here with his, um, the, the, the ministry, the chaplain, the, the men, the yeah. chaplain. And then they have invite men there to, to talk, talk about, about feelings. Feelings, and they're, they were in all in the war right. and stuff like that. So that's where he loved to be. And I guess she, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip, did get to uh, have a two-week retreat last summer to Wood Farm. But that was his very favorite place. And then the, with pandemic protocols, they had to come back to Windsor Castle. So um, anyway, and I guess at Wood Farm, when the family is there, the servants don't wear the usual royal uniforms. Mm -hmm. Prince Philip does not stand on any ceremony. He doesn't want anyone greeting him right. or standing the up. And, circumstance. and the Let's queen just... is known to cook and do dishes at Wood Farm. Oh, So that's where so they they're live. like husband and wife. Kind normal. Of, kind of. A little normal there. And I'm just going to, for our YouTube people, I'm holding up. It's not a color photo today because my person who knows how to do that. B. Arthur. Yeah, she went on vacation today. She, Lori, this is so funny. She's holding up a cute picture of them at their wedding day in 1947. The, the queen and um, prince. her handsome prince. And he, he really was the bomb. Yes. I mean, you look back at the pictures of him. H-O-T. Very. Well, look at Matt Smith played the young Philip in the first two seasons Looks of The so Crown. gorgeous. And he is entitled to a big old state funeral. And it's going to be a week from Saturday. But apparently he did not want the fuss of all that and the queen is now entering eight days of mourning and um so he will not lie in state and the royals face a dilemma because there's a 30 person covid rule for this funeral oh. so um the duke will lie and rest at windsor castle before there's a ceremony at the chapel st george's chapel where harry and, and megan got married yes. two summers ago and he'll be buried in frogmore gardens mm -hmm. in windsor castle grounds not anywhere near um princess diana princess no she's not there she's at her family she estate but he did die on charles and camilla's 16th anniversary and by all reports philip and diana he he always has welcomed the outsiders because remember he marries Queen Elizabeth and although he can't he's not going to get a throne he did have to give up the line yes of he did the throne to now explain Duke of Edinburgh okay. and then she named him Prince Consort or something like yeah, that he was yes all right so here's what I was having a kerfuffle with today Rocco. Okay. Is that there is a lot why Prince Philip was never named king. king. And there is due and they say, and this is I quote, it's okay. due to a long stand standing rule of the British monarchy, which decrees that a, a man who marries a reigning queen well, all these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Be referred to as, um, you know, the king, prince in concert or whatever. But yeah. he would never be king. And then I said, well, au contraire, he married her before she was named queen none of that matters none of it matters but because the bottom line is wait a second Rocco do you know why none of this matters uh not really no either did I so so, Lori tell him because this as with many royal traditions you can just simply chalk this one up and I say it to you right now you can chalk it up to a very old and powerful patriarchy where kings always reign and a queen can be a symbolic title. So if king, like even uh, Elizabeth's mom, when her, when her husband became King George, she was known as queen consort or just called queen. But a queen cannot have a king be at her side if she's the true queen, because king always usurps a queen. That's correct, Julia. So like, just like in cards. Just like in cards. So if you think <laughs> of chess. the queen of hearts. In chess, in chess. Everything. So I didn't know this because I'm like, well, why? This rule doesn't make it's any sense. It's just an old patriarchal So if there's a queen rule. who's in charge, there can't be a king. That's right. And if Whereas there's a king, king in charge... Well, they might call you queen, but you really are officially a queen consort. And what does consort mean? Just in training. Well, it means you're not the real queen. Right. So the real queen is the queen that's in charge without a king, and the real king is the king in charge without a queen. So like Camilla and Charles. Charles would be king now. King, and she is, supposedly it's all set out that she'll be princess consort. She won't even get queen consort. Okay, because she's a divorcee. I, I don't know. They just, it's been, you know, a fuss about that. Right. But somehow I think that Prince Philip and Princess Diana are slightly giggling about the fact that he died on their uh, wedding anniversary. On their their wedding anniversary. Because, because Prince he, Philip got a kick out of Diana. Li- and he's the one who encouraged uh, Queen Elizabeth to give the speech to the nation after Princess Diana died. So. Because she was very angry with her. And he was very welcoming to Meghan Markle. He too He was did not al- like Fergie though. No, because she was uh, trash. She She's was nothing a, but a trash. She's she nothing but a poker player. She wasn't aristocratic, you know. Right. And he was a snob. Remember, he's a double royal. Right. So I mean that. So that one it didn't make sense because he was a yeah. not to her. So uh, already uh, people are blaming Harry and Meghan for him dying, uh, which is ridiculous. And a ninety-nine-year-old man, you're going to blame on an interview with Oprah Winfrey. And Harry is making arrangements to fly home because he's going to have to quarantine for five days. Right. And I'm also going to say Meghan isn't going to go. No, she's so pregnant. She's and like eight she months pregnant. Needs to, those brothers sometimes need to heal. That's right. And what heals? Some funerals, funerals will bring people together well, because, or drive them apart. I don't know, but I think it's going to heal. Well, them. that was all I was thinking about this morning is may, this is an opportunity for these brothers to heal. Yes. For that family to heal. That's correct. And so I'm hoping that that happens. That's right. So We can only hope. Anyway, uh, so flags are at half mass. People have been crushing at Buckingham Palace and they got the guys on horses because, you know, they're in a bit of a lockdown and they're not all supposed to be out there. So... Yeah, people are upset, and even even though we have mixed feelings, thirteen about the different family. American presidents, yeah, since served and since he has been married to Queen Elizabeth. Yeah.
13. Hello, Nas X. He's 22 today. We have Shaletta Brundage joining us. She's got a podcast, Shaletta Makes Me Laugh. She's an author. She's a guardian angel. And her second children's book um, is... Daniel Finds His Voice. voice is like five days old. So hi, Shaletta. Hi, Shaletta. Hey, my sisters. It's a family reunion. It is. I got my play brother, Rocco. I got my sisters on the phone, man. All we're missing is some chicken and potato salad. Oh, that sounds good. Shaletta, <laughs> I mean, we talked to you like a month ago when you were on Andrew Zimmern's show, Family Dinners, and you wrote a book called Cameron Goes to School. Now you've got Daniel Finds His Voice, which tells the story of your little Daniel with autism singing his way. And this song yes. um, uh, by Little Nas X. I We're always just amazed at your incredible energy and gift for just being a guardian angel. Girl, y'all know y'all breathe life into me. I was in there dead, and y'all just breathe life into me, and I, I studied you ladies and set up under your leadership, and, and you, you helped me grow and learn how to do it all because we can do it all if we decide that's what we want to do. And, you know, it's never too late to chase and go after your dreams. Mm-hmm. And and I always wanted to write children's books, and, and, you know, once my kids were diagnosed with autism, I wanted to write books to educate children about autism. You know, there's a lot of books for adults who have children with autism, but nobody's educating kids. Right. You know, these children that are in class with my babies, they're going to grow up and be their bosses and their supervisors. And I need them to know now that their friends with autism are just like them. Mm-hmm. Right. And to treat them the same way they treat anybody else and to love them the same. Uh, they, they have a little bit different, but they, they're no different than anybody else. And, and so I just wanted to make it my business to educate other children about autism because nobody was doing that. And so I used Daniel's story about how he found his voice through music. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of parents are telling me they never thought of that. They never tried that. Because, you know, we got three with autism, and the other two were doing great with therapy. Daniel wasn't doing anything. The needle wasn't moving. Mm-hmm. And it was something about that song, something about him hearing that song. It, it triggered, ladies, something in his brain. And at four and a half years old, after not talking, he just walked up to me and started singing that song. And that's when we knew music is the way to reach him. It's how you teach him. And everything he learns, he learns through music. And, and, and that the, and video went viral. Right. It was, Nas X, you guys talked. You guys and, went viral. And CBS just profiled you again last week, which was so great. Girl, CBS Gail Morning King News. was talking about my baby. And I know. Book, and y'all, it's, it's, the book is as hot as fish grease on Good Friday. I'm <laughs> yeah. telling you. We printed 5,000 copies. The book came out this week, and the book is gone. Oh, wow. When I went to the warehouse. I had to see it for myself. I'm not saying they lying, you know, because the p- people at Beavis Palm Press have been really good to me. But mm-hmm. the publisher was like, we got to print 5,000 more copies. I was like, what? We just, we just, it just got released this week, y'all. Yeah. They're and like, no, they're gone. You have 38 books left at the warehouse. That's, 38. That's, that's incredible. And you had, the, you had Lily Coyle illustrate this book just like you did with Cameron Goes to School. It's so darling. Oh, my God. Yeah, Lily helped me write it. And Darcy Bell Meyer from uh, Wisconsin, she's the illustrator. Okay. She's got a baby oh. uh, with autism, too. So, so I mean, good. and that's the thing. You know, the words are cute, but the pictures are amazing. The pictures, the pictures are, are amazing. amazing. 
You know, one of the things, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Shaletta Brunridge. Um, She has a new book out, Daniel Finds His Voice, and it's a children's book talking about educating other people about what children are going through with autism and how Daniel, through hearing, um, you know, going to rock my world. What's the name of that damn song? Old Town Road. Old Town Road. Road, That's right. That was that was on every that was an earworm for everybody. But in the back of the book, you tell us a few good things to know about autism and music. And I thought that this was really helpful for everybody to know, you know, how the language of music really does teach so many different walks of life. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it was just eye-opening for me um, how nothing worked for Daniel except music. And, you know, I, I'm I'm in a lot of parent groups and, you know. I don't know how you have time for all this. A lot of autism moms. And I'm like, you know what? I, I got to let these parents know that music is a way that you can reach your nonverbal kids. Because I never thought about it. And a lot of parents were telling me, ladies, that they hadn't thought about it either. So I work with um, uh, the Autism Society of Minnesota and um, Awesome.org. And they helped me come up with some tips for parents and, and teachers and everybody about how music can impact kids who have special needs, especially kids with autism. So, you know, we also we want to entertain. We want to provide a good book we want to make sure it's colorful and fun mm-hmm. but we also want to educate and that's what it's all about especially for autism awareness month in april is to educate people about autism yeah. and no two people with autism are the same Mm-mm. no i got three of them in my house with <laughs> autism and all three are completely different the therapy that worked for one doesn't work for the other my son brandon is eight years old and he communicates through pictures and drawings um, and he has no social anxiety, but, you know, he has difficulty learning certain things. My daughter Cameron, very smart, social anxiety. Um, and then Daniel, of course, you know, couldn't talk until he was four and a half years old. But look what happened in two years since he went viral singing that song, since he learned how to talk through music. He's six years old. He's reading on a fourth grade level. Okay. Daniel is the best reader in wow. our house. That's amazing. That's amazing, Shaletta. And and you know what I want to do is offer hope to parents that it can and will get better. Because you get this diagnosis from the doctor that your child has autism, and you think this kid is never going to go to college. I'm never going to be the, you know, the, the mother of the bride. They're going to mm-hmm. live with me all their life. They're never going <laughs> to get out of this pamper. They're going to yeah. keep eating puree food. You know, I, I'm yeah. going to always have to change their butts. And nobody tells you it could get better. Yeah. It could be better. And so that's what I want people to see with my children. And people always say, you tell your business too much. you always sharing. Every time I look up, you're talking about the kids. Well, I want somebody out there who went through what I was going through to know that it can get better and to give them hope to never give up on their children because it could be a little country rapper from Georgia song that mm-hmm. unlocks your child's mind and sets them on the course of success. Yeah. That's so oh, it's good. just such a pretty, it's just such a good note. How do people order your book? Yes. It's on Amazon, um, and it's on, uh, they got 38 copies left, so they got to hurry up. Yeah, but we did post We did post I, a link, and I know you I guys mean, will print more. I love, though, it's already gone to reprint, but this is what I love about local folk. Kowalski's, our local market, okay. they bought up books. Okay. They put books in every single one of their stores. Okay. They're signed, and they got bookmarks in them. Oh, nice. committed to autism awareness. So if you are in the Twin Cities and you got a neighborhood Kowalski's, they've got copies there. 
That's okay, that's, that's wonderful fabulous. because we like to support our local um, people. I do too. I do too. I mean, yep. you know, I'm big on Amazon because that's where everybody is, and your credit card numbers sure. are already safe. Yeah. But I also like to walk in the store and support our local businesses, especially the ones who support local people. Because let me tell you something: Target's not putting local authors in the stores. Walmart's not putting local mm-hmm. authors in the stores. Kowalski's is. Yeah, Shalette, I want to ask you: Have you been fielding um, reality show projects since your appearance on? Uh, Family dinners on Discovery Plus with Andrew oh, Zimmer. You know what? I, I've been working with Maria Oz and Committee Films, um, and she actually is talking to some folks about our family. I believe um, it. So many people um, saw the episode and they were like, "We love your family. We need to see more positive stories like this." Because you know that's what Chip and Joanna Gaines's network is all yes. about. Is about positive stories. So, girl, they working on that. Now. Girl, who are you talking to? Are you psychic or you know somebody? <laughs> no, I just, I, I mean, in watching the episode, you guys really are. Uh, you're just the the warmth and the love, and it's also representation that we don't see. I mean, mm-hmm. both autism yeah, and black. We ain't seen no black people on TV like that since the hooks. But I told my husband, <laughs> yeah. Claire, look at us. It's like Theo and Denise and. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Shalette, I want to ask you, you know, there is the Derek Chauvin trial is happening and we're watching it. But but the one we're watching started long before George Floyd was murdered. I feel like black America has watched every imaginable way from different ways to try to prove that your lives don't matter. And I know I, I talked with a couple of girlfriends and. They were trying to say to me that it was too much for them because I did like really both Julie and I and Rocco. We watched the first day of of the opening and I had never watched the whole nine minutes and 29 seconds. And I had a couple and they were white friends and they said, oh, I, I, I just can't watch that. And I said, you have to watch that. You need to bear witness so that this stops. And I'm just wondering how you are doing with. Here we go again. We've got to be shown in a hundred different ways that this man's life was taken away and it wasn't right. Um, It's emotionally exhausting Mm -hmm. Um, because, like you said, we've been through this so many times. Um, And then we keep going through it over and over and over again. And the difference here, ladies, is that it hit close to home Mm -hmm. because it's right down the street. Yep. But this is what it did. It woke so many people up. Um, And, you know, you ladies have been woke for a long time, so this doesn't apply to you. But there were some people who, you know, have been my friends, who who I have been talking to, um, who I have been communicating with. And when this happened, they called and they said, I get it now. Mm. I understand. It's like a veil was lifted. You know, after you get married and you say, I do, and you lift the veil, and it's all of a sudden you can see better. Mm -hmm. The murder of George Floyd created a movement where it lifted a veil on this country about racism so that we could talk about it, so that we could do something, so that we can make an impact, so we can just stop hashtagging and putting out cute little statements, but that we are looking around in our communities and in our corporations and saying, this ain't right, we got to do something better. You know, Target just committed to spending $2 billion with black businesses. Um, And that wouldn't have happened without George Floyd. You're right. So, Mm -hmm. So what I try to do is I try to look at the positive okay. impact that his life has had on our country. Well, I mean, I, re- I remember as a little girl, uh, 
you know, I think she and her mom were interviewed on GMA and, and she just had like a teddy bear in her arm and she just said, my daddy changed the world. Yes. Oh, oh, he did. He did. I mean, think about it. He got Mitt Romney to march in a Black Lives Matter rally. <laughs> there you Would go. That have no kidding. If he You're hadn't right. died, and I didn't want him to die. I wish he could have right. lived because he's got a small child to take care of. Mm-hmm. But look at the impact yeah. that his legacy has had on all of us. On all of us. All and of so us. now the work that you ladies have been doing for decades. <laughs> Other women are doing too. Yeah. It's like y'all were the outliers. Now you're trendsetters because all of the allyships, all the work that you have done, all the commitment that you have made to women of color, especially black women, other women have you to emulate. They can come to you. They can look at your history and your track record and see what you have done for black women and do that in their companies. Y'all didn't even realize y'all were doing it, but you were. And now everybody else is playing catch up to try to do now what y'all have been doing for 20 years. Oh, for crying out loud. You're too darn horn too much. But thank you. <laughs> I mean, I'm too not saying of- anything that's not true. I'm a living witness to the way you all work with women of color at that station, how you give us a voice, how you give us an opportunity. I came to town. I didn't know anybody. Y'all put me on. When I came on, y'all kept me there. Hello. Yeah, Hello. I know. I know. Okay. Oh, how many times have I used you for a reference? How many times have I had somebody to call you and you vouch for me? How many <laughs> times have you stood up for me? And it's not just me. I thought I was special. But this is what you do for women, no matter what the color, but especially um, when it's time to stand up for women was right and we have got as women to do that for one another yeah you're you're so right preach it Shaletta. Yeah, and no we kidding. want people to tune in check out your podcast Shaletta makes me laugh and you're on facebook and, and buy the book daniel and, finds his voice that's right Shaletta is funny on twitter and we know we're going to talk to you again i mean very soon i'm sure I love you, ladies, and thank y'all so much for everything you do for this community and especially for women of color. Oh, we love you back, Shaletta. Shaletta. Take care. Oh, my gosh, she's so damn cute. All right, listen, when we come back, we've got a really great, another great story to share with you. I don't lose my religion after I talk to Shaletta. We find our religion. Okay, what did she say? It's hotter than fish grease on Good Friday or something like that? Yeah, it's on Good Friday, yeah. That she has so many good, funny, funny um, sayings. And you know, our other friend, Mary Shaw, who was from the South, also yes. had some good, oh, funny we sayings. We called them homilies. She had all these little mini homilies. Yeah. And she would just, I loved it. I'm sure I. It know, must be a Southern thing to have all these cute. Very descriptive, uh, florid ways of saying things. It's fabulous. Right. So you know? the book is Daniel Finds His Voice. It's really and we a did sweet put a link. Yeah, to it's the sweet. Book up. Yeah. It's sweet. Um, something else that is super sweet that we posted, courtesy of. Uh, GMA is that uh, this this uh, young lady by the name of Callista, she's got a TikTok account and her oh. little sister, Worthy, they have millions of views because uh, Worthy is her is the little sister and she's Down syndrome yeah. and she might be seven, but she's got glasses and she styles Callista's hair, her older sister, and puts makeup on her. It's and- the sweetest, the, the sister sistership. Sisterhood relationship is just so loving and kind and sweet. And it's beautiful. It's darling. It's, it is. I mean, that was one of my fondest things about my mom's dad was 
he would let us style his hair. Your grandpa. And, yeah, and he had bro creamed hair. I'm like, it was he had bro creamed hair and he wore it parted down the middle and then it went back into like Elfilfa. Well, yeah. like went all the way back. Yep. It's kind of a way that like film mm-hmm. stars of the 30s would wear their hair. But he would let us part it in the other direction. He would let us get hard stuff and give him what we didn't know was the mohawk, but was right. a mohawk. And the whole time we'd be doing it, he knew how to move his ears up and down. He'd take quarters out of his nose. And we would comb my dad's toupee. And my mom's wigs and the foam hats. There is <laughs> Everyone got, had their own beauty school training. Yes, yes. And we were so crazy about it that I remember one year my mom got my sister and I, we got like some kind of a, might have been a Barbie head with long hair. Yeah, and there was, there the was a Barbie styling. I don't know if it was Barbie, but there was, was a plastic a, head that had, looked like Barbie where the plugs of the hair <laughs> were, would be plugs. Wasn't there a Farrah Fawcett one? Maybe. I don't know. We were too old we were by too that point. That but, one. Yeah. We that were, was probably you had that, that one. My, yeah. That, that yeah. was the one that you had, but it was just something. And something about someone playing with your, your hair, hair and styling it. I mean, I was anyway. Just, it's a gloomy day out. Um, you could it's also really sweet. It's really sweet. And then we also posted the life of Prince Philip over the decades. And um, people, when, when you see the younger pictures of Prince Philip, Matt Smith to play him in the Crown season Identical. one and two was perfect Identical. casting. And the, the long, voice, the voice. Yeah, the long, lean body, oh. that blonde hair. Yep. Um, well, this was kind of cool. Uh, on the Today Show today, Joe Fryer. And you say, who? Who? Joe Fryer, one of their correspondents. He had a great story on American Sign Language Interpreters, a group that's played an important role during the pandemic and introduces us to Nick Zapko, the... American Sign Language Interpreter for Minnesota Governor Tim Walz. So here's the story. This past year has taught us about the importance of getting accurate information quickly. But access to that info is often lacking for those who are deaf and hard of hearing. ASL, American Sign Language Interpreters, are working to change that, including one in Minnesota who has developed quite a following. In a period marked by a deadly pandemic in Minnesota's hospitals... And by protests and civil unrest on the state streets, Governor Tim Walz takes to the podium often. Hi, everyone. It's good to see you. It is not alone. By his side, Nick Zapko, the ASL interpreter, who has become a bit of a celebrity. Honestly, I have no words to describe it. At the same time, I'm thrilled that it's happened because it's brought recognition to interpreters and access. What should people know about the importance of the Someone's work you do? speaking for her. When there's unrest and events, it's critical that we get the information now and not later. Zapko learned about the importance of access early. She was born deaf, growing up in a hearing family. Friends and family would laugh at something that happened. I would ask what happened and they would say, oh, it was really nothing. It was too difficult to include me. So I felt distant from my own family, and I lived like that. That is why she's so passionate about ASL, which is a visual language that uses tone, inflection, facial expressions, which you don't get with just captioning at the bottom of the screen. It was, and and of course there was somebody who was signing um, for her, and um, because she's 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 deaf. deaf. But someone, like they say in the story, and I don't think we have time to play it. Um, Rocco, do we? I don't know. Yeah. 
What do we got left? We have about a minute left before we got to go to the top of the hour. I can play a little bit. Okay, let's play a little bit where they explain that someone is signing to her. Right. And that's how she right, signs. Right, right, right. That is why she's so passionate about ASL, which is a visual language that uses tone, inflection, facial expressions, which you don't get with just captioning at the bottom of the screen. Minnesotans must wear a mask indoors. So how does Zapco know what the governor is saying? She works with Patty McCutcheon, a hearing interpreter, who stands off camera, listens to the governor, and feeds that information to Zapco. And then I take it and present an ASL for a wider audience that has many different needs, and I can better match that. Here's a question I know you get a lot. Why are there two of you? Why can't Patty just sign? As an individual who's deaf and has that native language, native culture, native behavior growing up, that formative experience puts the two of us together and makes the message whole. I cannot do and what I see up there. Is that enough record? Yeah, and she really does have the best facial expressions. And if you see the movie uh, Sound of Metal, yes. Riz Ahmed in all of his interviews said, American Sign Language, it is so colorful. It is so amazing. My high school was a theater for the deaf at Highland Park Senior High. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I I was very happy to see that on the Today Show. Nick Zapko, she's, Mm -hmm. she's amazing. All right, thank you. We'll be back.